All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We are so glad that you're listening to the program this morning. As per usual, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Day Spring Reformed Church is with us. Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reformed Church. I'm Josh Bales from The Well. Boise guest host today, uh, one of our associate pastors over at The Well, Paul Luer. Brother, how are you? I'm well. I'm super glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad to that have was, you. That was funny. What, <laughs> what part? Paul saying, I'm well, after you just introduced him as the associate pastor yeah, at, at The Well. At the yeah. well. So, I'm yeah. glad you come. We're a yeah, well yeah, church, yeah. yeah. Um, so the last few shows, uh, we've been talking about the doctrine of sin, and um, it's it's such a necessary topic to cover before we get to the gospel. If you know, Spurgeon once said, he who thinks lightly about his sin thinks lightly about the Savior. Um, but today, starting today, we actually get to talk about uh, the heartbeat of the gospel, which is uh, justification by faith. R.C. Sproul once said this, if we don't have sola fide, which is justification by faith alone, then we don't have imputation. If we don't have imputation, then we lose the gospel. What did Sproul mean by that? Do you guys agree with Sproul's take on the importance of sola fide? We don't have sola fide, we don't have imputation. If we don't have imputation, then we lose the gospel. Well, it's no longer good news because you have to do something to earn or receive or merit that salvation rather than the free gift of God. So, yes, we no longer have the gospel, the good news of salvation. Yeah. I think sometimes... There is just a misunderstanding of, of what justification is itself. And so because of that, Sproul's comment or statement might be seen as hyperbole because people don't really understand what's taking place in justification. Um, so often when I was a child, justification was explained as just as if, as if I'd never sinned. Um, and that's half of the equation. Right. It's not the full definition, biblical definition of what justification is. And what happens is, in justification, there is an imputation, a crediting to um, somebody else of the activity of another. And so my sins are credited to Jesus Christ as if he committed them. So they're my guilt, my shame, my condemnation, my judgment, the, the just wrath of God against them, all of that is, is, instead of placed upon me, is placed on Jesus Christ. And then the other half of it is that his perfect obedience, his righteousness, his holiness, um, all of that then is credited or accounted to me as if I had actually done them all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so just as Christ took upon himself all of my sin and everything that goes with it as if himself he had committed those sins, so also I get his obedience and righteousness credited to me as if I had actually accomplished it. Yeah. You know um, – the Heidelberg Catechism has been shining the last few weeks because uh, we talked about how uh, one of the things it does really well is it gives the doctrine and then it says, well, what's the benefit of this? So when we were talking about the resurrection, what's the benefit of the resurrection? This is where I think the Westminster Catechism, um, the shorter catechism especially, really shines because it gives very precise definitions. Um, on the question of justification, question 33, what is justification? Here it is. Justification is an act of God's free grace wherein he pardons all of our sins, accepts us as righteous in his sight, 
only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. I mean, that is a very concise definition of what justification right. it's a declaration means. instead of a process. We are, we're not justified by some sort of process. We are declared righteous in God's sight because, as Russ said, because of the you know life and death of Christ. I don't want to overstate this, but I think I've said it on the radio before. If you're looking for doctrinal precision, I think your best document is the Westminster Standards. If you're looking for a little bit more pastoral pathos, um, then I think you want to turn to the Heidelberg Catechism. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's why I, you don't. There are two wings on a plane. That's right. I, I'm not saying that like one is better than the other. I'm saying that in a both have a role to play. Both are helpful for the Christian. Um, and just know it's it's just like any tool in your toolbox. Use the right tool for the job that's at hand. Yeah. And this is one of those um, moments where the right tool for doctrinal precision is the Westminster Standards. So um, let's maybe get at this by contrast. How does um, the Protestant doctrine of justification differ from the Catholic doctrine of justification? Well, I think actually this is, once again, where the Westminster Confession helps out. Um, in Article 11 of the Standards, it says, "Those what about justification? Those whom God effectually calls, he also freely justifies, not by infusing righteousness into them. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to ask yourself, well, why is that phrase there? Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why that phrase is there is because that is addressing the Catholic belief of justification, that there is an infused righteousness. And what I believe the Bible teaches is not an infused righteousness, but an imputed righteousness, and a, a righteousness that is credited or um, counted for them, even though it is not a righteousness that they themselves have accomplished or done in in their own way. It's not infused, it's um, imputed. It's, yeah. And those do, words do matter. Yeah. Well, when we're talking about, we've talked about this in the in the past few shows. The federal head of the first, uh, the federal head of the human race, the first Adam, his sin was imputed to us, was credited to us. We were born as sinners. We didn't have to 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 live and exist before we were born. Before we had sin given to us, we were conceived in sin. Um, David says the same thing is true in the second Adam, the, the new head of the new creation. When he accomplished what he did in his life and death and resurrection, for all who believe, his righteousness is given to us, imputed to us. It's an alien righteousness. It's a legal declaration. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, the, the problem with that, um, a lot of people, they think of ju- justification <laughs> as the process, and as something you're moving toward. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someday I want to be considered just before God. And so they're moving toward something so that everything that they do either justifies them, excuses them, or convicts them. Whereas, um, you know, that's that's really what, when we get right down to it, that's a, a sanctification issue, yeah. you know, our obedience and that sort of thing. That's what, you know, that's how I'm growing to be more and more like Christ. But justification, as we've been pointing out, is this declaration that we are in Christ, that we are considered as righteous as he is when we trust in him alone for our salvation. Yeah. The Bible actually speaks of of salvation in three tenses, so that we are saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. Mm-hmm. And maybe that sounds confusing, but it's really talking about three different theological doctrines. 
that we are saved is that we are now and forever fully justified before God. We cannot become more justified than we are mm-hmm. um, once we have faith in Jesus Christ. Our sin is imputed to Christ. His righteousness is imputed to us. It's finished. It's complete. There's nothing more to be added to that. We are saved. That's right. We are being saved. As saints, those declared righteous in Christ, we are becoming more holy, that we are becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. We're being saved. We're dying more to sin and living more to righteousness. That's correct. And we will be saved. That's our future glorification. Sin will be entirely removed. We will be not only um, fully justified, but we will also be fully sanctified. We will be those that are not only holy in declaration, but holy in all aspects of our being, in our thoughts, in our will, in uh, our actions. We will be saved. Yeah. And maybe that helps with trying to wrestle with wait, what are we? What's going on here? What what do all this terminology mean? I think the crux of the matter for many evangelicals, at least on the experiential level, is they skip over the legal part mm-hmm. and they go right to the to kind of the progressive uh, being saved part. And um, and so experientially, we we look at our sin and we're like, how could a holy God ever love me? Mm-hmm. Um, my my own conscience testifies against me. I know that I am a sinner by action, by thought, by deed. Um, and so I actually think that experientially we're a bit more Catholic in our doctrine of justification mm-hmm. than Protestant because we feel like it's a in order for God to love me and be reconciled to me, I have to I have to work it out in real time. And I think that leads to to so much defeat in the human in 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 the Christian experience because we fail to see that this is a legal one time declaration, as you keep on saying, Jonathan, that this is an act. Not a process. Well, I think too that uh, sometimes we have a very we have a difficulty in accepting something that is freely given to us. So, for instance, your friend invites you out to dinner. You feel like I'm going to invite them out to dinner after this. You know, we we want to do paybacks all the time, and so we really do have a hard time accepting something that is as a the free gift of God. This is where I think Jerry Bridges was so helpful for the church um, and helped remind us of some truths that we need to hopefully appropriate every day of our lives. And it's the idea of um, preaching the gospel to ourselves every day. Um, and he used to coin the phrase, be who you are, and but you have to understand who you are. Mm-hmm. And so it all centers around this idea of our union with Christ that that's what faith does. It unites us to Jesus Christ and all of his benefits. And so Romans 6 is beautiful in this, this idea coming out of of the Easter season that when Christ died, I died. When Christ rose from the grave, I also rose from the grave. That everything that is true about Christ is true with me because I'm united to him. And that all happens. That's all embedded in this whole doctrine of justification. The justification, if you will, works because we are united with Christ, and so each day we should we should wake up and say, "I am alive in Christ. I am mm-hmm. dead to sin in Christ. I am those that are holy in Christ. I am though I am that which with um, 
that whatever truth is is true about Jesus Christ is you you speak to yourself not in a in a in a weird um, self motivation way, right. but it's the reality of what Jonathan keeps saying is that this is what's true. Yeah. This is a finished, complete work. Yeah. And we need to know it and embrace it yeah. and then live out of it. Yeah. We've talked about this before, about the idea of preaching the gospel to yourself. And this isn't a new novel thing. It's it's actually in the Psalms. In Psalm 103 in particular, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. What has he done? He's forgiven all your iniquity. He's he's redeemed your life from the pit. He's crowned your life with steadfast love and, and faithfulness. And um, he's talking, he's directing those truths to himself and justification is the doctrine that you have to do this with um first of all you have to understand what justification is that it's the imputing of christ's righteousness to you by faith alone once you understand that then that actually is what gets you up off the ground in the morning i mean it, it, it mm-hmm. gets you back on your feet after you sin that yes we we confess our sin to the lord and we ask him to to forgive us because as sinners we can walk in a way that's displeasing to the lord but we can never lose our justification. And so we ask him to cleanse us and wash us and then trust that that legal declaration that he already made for us still stands. And it doesn't change God's affection towards us, the the sin in our life. I mean, our sanctification will be in this life always uh, marred by corruption. That's right. We will, Calvin will say that sometimes we're crawling in our sanctification, but that doesn't change our standing before God. He always sees us as he sees his son, Jesus Christ. Well, that's and that's just the case. You know, Psalm 130 says, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? The answer would be no one. But it's because of Christ that we can. But with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Amen. You've been listening to the gospel for life. We'll see you next time.